Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of Hybrid Unlimited. Today, Marcus and I sit down and talk about a bunch of stuff that's going on uh, in the world today. Uh, we talk about the recent fight with Jake Paul and Nate Diaz, the promotion, all the stuff around that. We talk about Elon Musk versus Mark Zuckerberg in the fight. Also, uh, X versus Meta bunch of stuff around that and we talk a little bit about what's going on in hollywood right now if you haven't been following along the screen actors guild is on strike and that's uh over some pretty interesting issues that we delve into a little bit on uh, on this episode so as always make sure you check us out at hybridstrengthcoach.com we have every program you can think of in any of the strength sports whether it's olympic weightlifting powerlifting strongman bodybuilding Anything in between, general fitness, all that stuff, we got you covered. And you can try it for seven days free just by clicking the seven-day free option at checkout. Other than that, sit back, relax, enjoy another episode of Hybrid Unlimited. Before we get into the episode, just want to give a quick shout-out to Whitmer Rejuvenation Clinic. They are a sponsor of ours, and we took them on because we talk a lot about testosterone, hormone replacement therapy, PED use, all that stuff. And because of that, you know, while we have opinions on that, we are not professionals in that space. If you have questions about whether you're a good candidate for that or not, these are the people that can help you with that. And Marcus, I know that you have been a customer of theirs for you know quite some time, so maybe you can speak to that a little bit. Yeah, I I was going through the same thought process years ago, and I had a lot of questions about you know the, the state of my blood work, uh, my testosterone levels, and as a performance athlete, it was always a question that I had in the back of my mind. Guys, please don't go to your local gym bro or guy on Instagram to get these questions answered for you. Women Rejuvenation Clinic provides solid medical advice. They read your blood work, they go through the results with you, and they give you actionable and realistic steps for dealing with potential medical problems and not bullshit. This is for actual medical advice. So please, you know, if you have questions on this stuff, let them take your blood panels and give them a chance, give them a consult. And I promise you, they'll, they'll treat you right. I know they've done that for me over the years and I can only speak positively about my experience and the type of advice they've given me. Check them out in the show notes. They provide comprehensive assessments over telehealth now onto the show. Indiana Jones? Yeah, the, in, the one that just came out, the number five, they mm. said that was one of the worst failures in the box office they've ever had that's funny well because i would have thought they did really well just the way that uh conservative media was promoting um sound of freedom they were like we beat uncut gems in opening or not uncut gems sorry we were just talking about that but indiana uh jones. indiana jones speaking in, of that uh, movie did you see one of the guys that backed it one of the creators just got uh arrested for child kidnapping i saw that i want to know the details though well obviously it you know, it's I don't know. Is that f- not is a good look? Is it fake news? Not a good headline. <laughs> it's not, not a good headline. Good but I feel like as soon as that movie came out, I don't know how it got uh, like turned into a right versus left thing or whatever. I don't know. It seems like pretty much, you know, child trafficking is bad. And maybe we can all agree on that. But somehow, yeah, like I don't even see the movie to agree with it. It became political. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, they started looking like diving deep into all these guys being like QAnon adjacent and all all this stuff and I love the terms every time something comes up political they come up with a new term to describe a group or person like these people are uh, God don't take this the wrong way people but LGBTQIA adjacent or the QAnon adjacent or their MAGA adjacent or MAGA perpendicular or some shit like what does it mean does Nothing. it mean 
Better see. See ya. Uh, they just need things to like. It's so easy to demonize a group if you label them. Yeah, but like, it's I don't like, like Trump. What does adjacent mean? Does it mean like your next? You're kind of like your nephew yeah, went you to know, like a rally. You're or? not. It's like you know, like we call like a neocon adjacent. Like you know, I don't hate Jews, but. You know, I agree with some white nationalist principles. I'm adjacent <laughs> to the white nationalist movement, you know? Okay. I don't know, man. There's ev there's a term for yeah. everything. There's a label for everything. It's so easy to be like, I hate this whole group of people because they're blah, 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 parallel. Yeah. Yo, we're getting feedback over here. What's Where are we hearing that? Okay. Well, that's good. Um, yeah, it's... Uh, it's a whole thing. But I didn't know, see Indiana Jones, by the way. I haven't been to the movies. Actually, you didn't see Oppenheimer? No, I didn't see really? any of that. Yeah. Wow, dude, Oppenheimer's a great movie. I heard it was great. Apparently, speaking of box offices, because this is what we were talking about before, and I want yeah. to, I, I still want to talk about it, but the Barbie movie has done a billion dollars globally. Wow. A billion. Wow. And well, it's getting some, some pundit hate on the internet, but... I've seen that. Like, why can't you guys just let people enjoy the bar? You know, when I went to the theater here, it was the same weekend that it opened, and there was just groups of normal-ass men and women just dressed up in pink, just pumped to go see Barbie. Like, you know what? If they're happy to go see the movie, yeah, I'm happy yeah. to go see Oppenheimer. They want to go see Barbie. Why can't we just coexist? I agree. I have no problems with either of those two movies. Again, I feel like that became political. Not Oppenheimer. Uh, well, but it was like, are you going to see Oppenheimer or Barbie? And like, which one you chose, like kind of dictated your political. They, I loved it because they did an interview with Cillian Murphy, who's the, the main character in Oppenheimer. And they were asking him like, is that know, is that Tommy from Peaky Blinders? Yeah. OK. Yeah. Oh, God, I can't wait for the next season of that show to come That's out. A great show. Man, you know what? I'm glad he got his day in the limelight because that guy is such a good actor. He was in. What was the zombie movie he was in? It was like 28, 28. The first I heard of him was through Peaky Blinders. George, what was the, the zombie movie that Cillian Murphy was in? It wasn't 28 Days like Later. A, a serious one? It was a really, really good zombie movie. Well, and he's just been like slowly making his way into like the leading man role. And he's been in a bunch of Christopher Nolan. Yeah, 20, it was 28 Days Later. Oh, okay. oh my God. Yeah, dude, that movie... Of all the zombie movies, that one was one of my favorites. I, find, tell I find it really hard to get myself to watch movies like that. Really? <clears throat> I find it hard for me to suspend my disbelief when I'm watching something that's like zombie related or there's witches or, you know. Even, I, I can get behind zombies. Though. Even Game of Thrones was tough for me. Really? Yeah. Dragons and all. And, you know, yeah. everyone was trying to sell it to me for the longest time. I, I finally. Bro, you, you were part of the group that bullied us into watching it. I know. I flipped. I switched teams completely. Wow. Because I tried several times to watch episode one and it's like, oh, whatever, it's kind of slow moving. And then when I finally committed to a few, I was like, this is the best show ever. You know, my only hang up with that type of stuff is there's so many movies and like series that center around this like kind of like cheesy medieval-y like old English thing. And I'm just like, we just go to a different time period with different accents and different ways of talking. I feel like everything, not everything, but like. Even movies I love and like series I love, like Lord of the Rings and mm. stuff like that. Like there's so much of this like old English. Well, even Game of Thrones, it's like 
they chose that accent because it's a made up place in time. Like we don't, is it in the past? Is it in the future? Like it's just a, a land. Well, it's also all like British writers, I guess. Cause like, is it, is Harry it a Potter, British show? No, but the J.R.R. Tolkien, he's British or like, duh. No, but I mean, uh, I was speaking on Game of Thrones. Isn't that an American no. show? No. Well, made by, an, but the author was not American. Uh, Where's okay. J.R.R. Tolkien? Yeah. Or not, Jesus, not R. Tolkien, R. George R.R. Martin. Martin. He's from New York. Is he? But I thought he had, I thought he had like an accent. I thought he was, Jesus, I'm maybe, so off. Maybe it's, maybe they had like a focus group. And, you know, we associate kings and queens Dragons and, and castles and yeah. with, like... Okay. Old with, English-y kind of stuff. Yeah. J Tolkien was British. Right. Uh, J.K. Rowling, British. So, like, I get those. But there's so many others that are, like, kind of like they use the same period dress and, and like, accents. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I'm not crazy, right? For the, the, it's All like right, it's, it's a question. genre it's like yeah. crime drama yeah and then the, another Old. genre is king queens yeah. of england Feudal, medieval whatever yeah. some sort of drama related to that yeah so my mom for some reason has the hardest time understanding uh irish scottish english accents so she just won't watch really? it at all. She's like, I don't know what they're saying. I'm like, really? It's not that it's different. It's not different. that different. You get like a like a tough Scottish accent. That can be a little difficult. I can speak to that. Our email copywriter is uh, Scottish, and I get like every like fifth word. Really? Yeah. I really just have just a lot focus. of head nodding. Yeah, but I get I get the key <laughs> concepts, you know. But yeah, the, yeah that like that like little bit there is just like. Yeah. What are you saying? Yeah, they just the words Scottish is the hardest of those three for sure. Well, proper Irish accent too. Like you like you hear like somebody like if you hear like a drunk Irishman. I was just gonna say an Irishman <laughs> after a couple of drinks. Or like Conor McGregor uh, just screaming. Have you seen like, McGregor's interview with Ariel Hawani in the uh the Black Forge? No. Great. You can just tell Ariel only understands like one in every five words. So he doesn't have a ton of follow up to like whatever Connor says. He's just sitting there like. But don't, people don't were like, this up. "Connor's got to be like drunk or on drugs or something." Listen. He even had a beer in front of him, and he said, "He, I'm not drinking it. This is just like for show, whatever." But he seemed a little, uh, you know, he it was not the articulate Connor we're used to hearing on the mic. Anyways, back to this thing. This is this is we started talking yeah, about yeah, this yeah. before the show, and I I. I'm curious kind of what the story is. And I, I kind of got it from George and got it from you a little what bit. Was, what was what George said? I missed that a little bit. So we're really talking about these two. There's two different groups, right? The Screen Actors Guild and the Writers Guild that are both on strike. And one, I, the one thing I remember, and you started to elaborate on this, George, was there was a huge sticking point over some background actors being offered this opportunity to have like a digital likeness recreated and ai would reuse it in perpetuity for free like they would get paid once and then would not get paid in the future yeah i mean i think like that issue is like kind of like the smallest one mm -hmm. because that, that one's such a throwaway issue like from what i hear from the negotiating table it sounds like it it sounds like it's a throwaway issue because how many people are actively trying to create careers just as background actors, right? Like usually that's yeah. a stepping I mean, stone into bigger things. Industry. It's most of the industry. 99.9% .9 of the industry make 
Sure. Oh, okay. So what's the big? So right, the reason I it caught my attention finally was I saw the premiere for Oppenheimer was going on and right. because all of the actors are part of the Screen Actors Guild, they all left the premiere, right? So like Matt Damon and Emily Blunt and Cillian Murphy and Florence Pugh, like they all left. Christopher Nolan stayed. <laughs> like they had their premiere, but right. why did why are so why is it that even the highest tier of actors are involved in this strike? And do you, I don't know what it's about. Because, like, they're all, because every, all productions, well, 99% of them are all like union approved. And every actor has to pay their dues to be inside the union. It's a, even though... What's the, the main, big sticking point then? Yeah, what's... Like, yeah, because you said the, the AI thing was small. So what's the big, big one? General pay. Uh uh, but like you know, like somebody like oh, Matt okay. Damon's not really affected by that. Or... No, yeah, but he's like Matt Damon's getting paid. Well, I'm sure that's also a political play for the big guys, right? Like if you're a big A-list celebrity, yeah, you can't just be like, I'm not sticking with the union. Like fuck these guys that are making you know 100, 200 bucks right, a day. Probably... So all right, okay, they left, but then I remember Tom Cruise was out promoting the shit out of Mission Impossible. Did he not participate? Well, the Mission Impossible. Uh, okay. Also, did you guys see that? No. It it, Mission Impossible. Even to this day, it's still one of the few movies. All like of the crazy action movies out there. I'll still go watch. Like, God, this is great. This is just it's so ridiculous. It's kind of like a I don't know, like a sillier James Bond. It's one that I would watch on like netflix or something like yeah. that i'm not going to the theaters for it yeah but. my dad and my dad really wanted to see it and he had an extra ticket for me so he brought me in it was great the new mission impossible was it it's so you didn't know, he, tom cruise like almost die in one of the stunts or something dude he did this stunt in that movie like and, you know he's famous for doing his what own was stunts. jumping off the cliff he, in a he had a motorcycle jump off of a cliff and like in the movie he's like trying to catch this train and there's like a reason he has to be on the train and actually go back to the AI thing. That was like the big villain point in, in the mission impossible movie. And uh, it was actually well-timed politically because the, the enemy is still Russia in that movie. Interesting. And uh, his stunt was like, he was like racing around on this motorcycle to try and catch this train. He had to go catch somebody on the train. And in order, like, uh, Who's the actor who was in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy? Uh, Chris Pratt. No, not Chris Pratt. <laughs> um, oh, no, not Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Fuck. Sorry. Uh, he did all those oh, uh, like Guardians it, of the Galaxy. No, 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 no. Um, him and the fat guy. It was uh, oh, like Shaun of the Dead was the movie. He's Simon, a, Pegg? Simon Pegg. Right. So he's been in all of the Mission Impossibles. I kind of forgot about that until I watched it. But he's a great actor. He makes these. Who's Simon movies. Pegg? Can you pull him up? You remember, did you see Shaun of the Dead? I don't think so. That was a spoof on Dawn of the Dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's but he's done a bunch of those uh, silly, silly kind of movies. This guy got fat. He's not fat. Oh, you said the fat guy. No, he's no the guy that acts in like his silly uh, British yeah, movies. Yeah. Scroll down a little bit. Hot Fuzz, The World's uh, like what is it? The World's End. Yeah, yeah. but just kind of like. Silly movies, but oh, he's been okay. in all these. And he, oh, yeah, he right. He was in Star Trek, and oh, okay. he's a good actor. He's he's actually he's very good. Uh, he plays like a supporting character in a lot of those. But 
they sent Tom Cruise on this like ridiculous like route around this mountain to try and go catch this train. And then he like gets to the thing and he's like, oh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to jump off the mountain. So he just like races a motorcycle off a mountain and he really did it. Like, I think he actually did that stunt. Wow. I don't, I, That's his thing, right? He does all his own stunts. He is. He is a wild dude. He actually came to Miami and uh, showed up at the premiere of this movie. Yeah, just a random theater down in South Miami, like a sun, Sunset Place, I think. He just showed up. Oh, the one in the Gables? Is yeah. That the sunset? yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's done stunts off the Burj Khalifa, like running down the Burj Khalifa on like a wire. He's yeah, he's like a real like action star. It's pretty crazy. Wow. That's pretty wild. I wonder why. Yeah. Oh, my God, dude. I can't believe yeah, why? he really did this. That's so nuts. Like in the movie, it's like you see it. And it's just bananas. I, I, I always wonder this kind of stuff is like. Are they doing it because it's an ego thing and they want to be able to just tell people I do all my own stunts? Or is it he legitimately just gets a rush out of it and like he's using oh, this man. as a platform to – I don't know. He's that's just, crazy. Is the ramp in the movie? Because that seems no, out of no, place. No, no, no. The ramp's not in the movie. They, they like CGI'd that into, a, Got it. into the mountain. Oh, I can't okay. believe he really did that. But you know what I said to my dad when he did it? Like you imagine his insurance policy – Oh, like yeah. having to tell the insurance companies like this is what we're doing on this movie and they're like uh sir <laughs> could you not <laughs> do they have a, do they have a special life insurance company for yeah, these guys because it's probably like a one-of-one one policy this dude because you feel like this would void most policies <laughs> they probably pay a good bit for it i would imagine <laughs> look at that I mean, that's really look at the, they're all just so stressed out guy <laughs> like, fuck if he dies this whole franchise is over it seems like a huge unnecessary risk. So look, that is so unnecessary. There's probably a million stuntmen that would have killed to do it. Oh yeah. Also, you know what was really funny about this movie? And I'm gonna show my travel nerd. Uh, yeah. They filmed it like with Etihad Airways, which is like this great airline out of Abu Dhabi. They filmed it in a brand new airline terminal that's been under construction for like 10 years, and they had some like huge construction this litigation. Scene? No, in the movie, okay. right before this, they were chasing somebody oh, through okay. the Abu Dhabi airport. Got it. And that airport sits on the same field as like the old, old ass airport from like the 70s or something. And mm -hmm. I was just there like two months ago and I saw the new terminal where they filmed the movie and like. That's like, always fun. They hadn't opened it yet. And I saw it in the movie. I was like, damn, I could have been there. That's <laughs> so cool. That's fun. I love when they shoot things in like toronto or yeah Miami. somewhere you know yeah and you see that that was it they just showed it they did this one was amazing they filmed in a bunch of really cool locations rome and venice and how old is tom cruise now yeah, he's like 60 that's like looking like a fucking champ too the guy's in amazing shape he looks like a, yeah. like a younger dude but you know what i feel like some guys they have that like little dog syndrome you know where it Mm. Little dogs just look like puppies forever. He's kind of got that going on. He takes good care of himself, though. I'm sure he does. He's, he's like he's like one of those few action stars that's just you could tell. He just loves what he does. Oh, yeah, he's he's doing the PRP or sorry the you know the uh, stem cell drips. He's drinking the baby blood. Got he's, that Scientology <laughs> good 
good good running through them <laughs> yeah he's doing all oh yeah yeah look he's he's wild anyways th- this is it's such a fun movie to see even though it's so ridiculous but though i i was god where, where would we start with this we we're talking about the whole uh the the writer yeah, yeah. right um ai we're getting down to what was the major yeah, point just so pay overall the pay yeah. so 99 percent of the industry is not those big guys it's cool to see them like you know sticking together with the little guys yeah but you, oh right what's that's that? what we're talking about the streaming residuals that's oh, you were in the okay. bathroom yeah yeah so what happened what's that uh i'm gonna butcher it but um Oh my god! I'm also gonna see. <laughs> Cut that out. <laughs> um, so they were they were an argument. There was a huge argument over whether or not writers are going to get residual payments for streaming, right? And actors. Interesting. Which is interesting because I've even picked up on this recently, where a lot of these big streaming companies like Netflix and. Disney Plus, uh, Paramount. You see a ton of these out there, and a lot of them apparently don't make a lot of money. And you, you saw Netflix; they got really killed the last couple quarters. I saw some of their their performance went down, and you know, if like you you watch Netflix, like you go yeah. look at their streaming stuff that they have on there. Most of it's just filler, garbage stuff. And there's so many streaming services now that it makes it very hard for the consumer to pick. Mm-hmm. So like recently, Bob Iger got rehired as the CEO of Disney. And one of the first things he said he was going to do was chop a lot of these projects that are coming out under the Marvel banner and like some of the Star Wars stuff. And apparently this is what we were talking about. The Indiana Jones movie that came out did terrible at the box office. Apparently, I don't know what its actual numbers were, but it wasn't very good. Wow. Harrison Ford can't pull anymore. Well, what is he like? 80? Bro, he, he didn't care. He got a, some crazy payday. Yeah, I mean, I don't good know how much him. longer of a career he needs. Yeah, Probably a younger actor, that would not be good, right? Let's take a quick break to talk about one of our sponsors, Whitmer Rejuvenation Clinic. We talk a lot on this podcast about TRT, all of the things involving exogenous hormones. And because of that, we get a lot of questions about it. And we are not experts in this sense. If you want to speak to real experts, because we don't feel comfortable giving any sort of opinion on this, speak to Whitmer Rejuvenation Clinic. These guys are the best, they're legitimate doctors. They're not going to push any BS on you. They're going to do a legitimate consult and tell you if you're a good candidate or not. All of the links to this are in the show notes as well as their Instagram handle. Check them out and I promise you're going to have the best service possible in this space. Sure, I get I'm sure well, looking at his income but it's and also being like, the come pro- on, dude. But also... Probably there's a lot of people who are less interested in Hollywood now just because the majority of Hollywood is just pushing these agendas that cater to such a tiny part of the market. The average person is like, you know, I this type of representation that you're pushing so hard and all of these things that have nothing to do with the storyline of the movie just you're like you're losing me with that it's not very creative like you could you could see they're replaying stuff that was basically created 50 years ago 40 years like think about it right what are the biggest hits for half the movies that come out are just redos of of superhero movies how many marvel movies have they done i've stopped i used to love them well the first probably 10 years was like oh cool this is fun this is Mm -hmm. great and then they just they have 
50 phases to do and it's like who's watching this stuff anymore dude and half of them i'm like you know the avengers lost me that was the first big one to lose me Mm -hmm. because they just started bringing in lame characters too like hawkeye you shoot a bow and arrow like okay you're really really good at it like that's not a superhero and and what's the other one black widow what do you you know martial arts that's like what go go fight gsp bro like dude sick i don't like i like the i like the batman movies uh when they redid them in like a dark way no one's batman begins yeah yeah, yeah. no one's uh, the one that had bane in it uh like those were cool the idea of batman is also stupid like your superpower is just being a billionaire what you know and you know what's weird they've bounced around but that James one, Bond's not a superhero. That though. one doesn't. That one doesn't get J- old. James. James Bond yeah, is like. Well, but at least I can world, get behind. Though. And you can make a million of those, and as long as the the actor is good and they continue to do the story well, like I'll love James Bond movies as long as they are they, doing well. They are like true to the soul. Like people wanted to make, not people. I don't know how this actually manifests in the cultural like zeitgeist, but there was some conversation online of making Bond a woman or a black woman or like some bastardization of James Bond character. But his character is that he is a womanizer. Right. And people die and he kills a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And because of him, women also end up dead. Right. So it's like, if you're going to take that, like I was even talking to Catherine about this recently. And it's like, if you ever read the books mm-hmm. or follow his story back, like from the original movies, like he's a womanizer, he drinks, He's terrible to the people in his life. Right. He's a train wreck of a human being. And like, that's what makes his character just so he's, watchable. He's a fallible guy that like you can relate to on some point because everybody has sure issues at, uh, you know, of some level. Right. But he also performs really highly in the thing that he does well. And that's great. But it, my issue with like all the redos and, you know, changes they're making with all of these movies it's fine if you want to push a certain agenda, but why does that agenda have to erase the previous history and storyline of of a character that's existed for a long time? Just make a new movie. Just make a new movie and push whatever agenda you want. And so here, I think I actually I have a point on that. So a lot of these movie franchises and in classics. So there's a couple, right? There's like right. probably five that come to mind, like Star Wars the Tolkien estate. So that's like the entire like uh, uh, Lord of the Rings, Hobbit, Rings of Power, all that stuff. Uh, Indiana Jones is one of them. Marvel's one of them. The DC Universe is one of them. Mission Impossible is another one. But I think they run into trouble when they sell the IP off to a much bigger company. And like one that I'm and I, George and I've talked about oh, this. said like the ESG scores and stuff that they forced them into. I don't know. What is that? It's like a wokeness score oh. that a lot of big corporations they'll rate, oh. it, and it affects stock price. Oh, and, and so like uh, Star it. Wars, right? Like created mm-hmm. by George Lucas, and like the first six movies were true to his story, right? They were very successful for that reason, and then they mm-hmm. sell it, and there's a ton of criticism against Episode Seven, Eight, Nine, and like I love Star Wars, and even when you watch those, you're just like, come on, like you. What the fuck did you it guys just deviates too much? I'll watch them. Like I still and I, I think that they've done a much better job with some of the Disney Plus series and like 
some of the other movies that didn't get such great box office acclaim, but they were actually original. Like they did Rogue One. Rogue One's amazing. Solo's amazing. And they just stopped making movies after that because it didn't make as much money at the box office. But at least they were doing something unique, you know? Yeah. But then you start getting some of these other ones like Marvel, DC. And when they start selling to these big mega corporations, even Rings of Power, which was a they spent like hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars on that a billion yeah so amazon bought the rights to just like the tiniest sliver of the tolkien estate Uh the the this like basically right the appendices story i thought the rings of power was great but i could still tell listen come on we got we got to take what we can get here there's there's only so many so the the problem is though that they're they rather take than it, making the artistic good one that the diehards are gonna love, they're like, what's gonna do the best across uh, a right. broad platform? So like one thing that I thought was really silly. So in the in the Rings of Power, they they dive deep into the story of the dwarves, right? So they go into the uh, what's the, what's uh, Durin's city? The Mines of Moria. Right, the Mines of Moria, right? And they show the dwarves finally, like because mm-hmm. in in the original Lord of the Rings trilogy, they like they only showed, you know, basically Gimli, and then the Hobbit they showed some more, but they didn't show women. And okay. Oh, and so, really? So the big thing that Gimli said, which is a, the dwarf character in Lord of the Rings, is that you can't tell men and women dwarves apart because they've got big, massive beards, and some people don't even think that women dwarf women exist. Oh, and then they finally make the dwarf women in the Rings of Power, and like. Yeah, they got like a little, got like a little scruff, but they feminized them. They feminized them, and then like it kind of, you know, if you know the story, it's like they're supposed to have big giant beards. That's how they wrote the story. Interesting. You know, so there's yeah. just like little shit like that. That if you like really care about the thing, like the actual story, yeah, and they just take it and they just like put a little knife in it. It's like why why yeah i mean and as a diehard it's like it's a weird thing probably for a corporation because they have to you know their obligation is to create the most value for their shareholders and i understand that but also the people who have carried this franchise whether it's star wars lord of the rings or whatever for all of these years Mm -hmm. those are the diehards right and those diehards have kids and then they first movie the kids see is star wars and then they have an association with it and it's like if you lose those people i think long term that franchise is gonna die you know because they they ran into some trouble with that i know because like i love star wars and they ran into a lot of trouble pumping out content for star wars and some of it came out to be really good like andor the andor series they put out some of the highest critical acclaims of any series ever put out and that was like a huge hit for them and then they did some other ones where it's just like you just it's not original yeah i guess it's a mixed bag and i guess it depends don't on they the have, story they call them different things ones that are true to the storyline and ones that are like yeah well they got they rid called? of all the non-canon Can- stuff canon is what is like recognized as, as original canon. yeah and then non-canon okay so like what was mandalorian that's canon, and that actually done very well. That's like their That's most I've successful. Heard. I've, I've series. only heard people speak positively about that one. It's a great series, yeah. But you know what the difference is? Is it's original. They yeah. came up with an original story, and they 
they did really well with it. And they like, you know, I think there's a certain amount of fan service you have to do with all these. Yeah. Star Wars or Lord of the Rings or I don't know how they look at it in the Marvel world because it's just there's so much of it now. I think they've just diluted that that whole franchise. And they, they're starting to do it with DC stuff because like, yeah, Batman was incredible when they let Nolan produce his trilogy. That was sick. And then they brought Ben Affleck in and it just got like, what the fuck is going on with this? But the, yeah, and the other thing is they're they're taking away a lot of the like masculine characteristics of these guys. Like for example, they may you know uh Daniel Craig's character in uh 007, James Bond, they intentionally had a scene in the latest one where he like breaks down and cries and like shows a sensitive side and it's like like you were saying that's not the character we know it's like he's fallible in that he's too hard right and that you know like like you said womanizer drinker you know i think they did i I gotta disagree though i think in the last movie they did Mm -hmm. a very tactful job of towing that line i don't i I agree with what you're saying, but also disagree in the fact that I don't think it like corrupted the story of the last one. Okay, they actually had to close out his character. Batman. Let's do Batman. Yeah. Okay. You you went from uh, Christian Bale. Okay. Good. Probably probably my favorite Batman. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Ben Affleck. I just felt like that character didn't match, but it wasn't a for any particular reason i just felt like it wasn't the greatest fit mm-hmm. and then robert pattinson who is just like you know he was like the heart throb from the twilight movies you know and he's all skinny and yeah. he came out right and said he wasn't going to work out for the movie and all this it's like bro you're supposed to be this guy who's physically imposing and beats people up and yeah he's a billionaire and he's got the little all the technology and stuff, but he was still supposed to be like a badass, you know? And I felt like he wasn't. And then, you know, it's, that one wasn't bad. What well, did you like that movie? Yeah, I loved the Batman. I liked the I Batman think, too. I think the big reason why he wasn't like a menacing figure is because it was supposed to be his origin story. It was supposed to be like his first year as being Batman. Yeah, That's but he, car, but before like, he was Batman, he, was he was supposed to have been thrown in a prison and and trained by Ra's al Ghul and he was the only person other than Bane yeah. who was strong I mean, enough to get out of the pit. I mean, in his shirtless scene, he did pack muscle. I just think Robert Pattinson, what he meant by I didn't want to work out was I didn't want to take too Maybe that was we'll maybe see. maybe him saying that was his industry way of saying I'm not going to take drugs for this role. And if that's the case, I respect it, to be fair. Um, but, I think but that I just, movie was a bit different. If, but if I'm thinking of like macho guys to play the role, like we're spoiled though. Like Robert think about Pattinson it. doesn't even we got come to, see to mind. Nolan. We got to see Christian Bale's like no like the epic epic series. Yeah, we got American Psycho, Batman. I can see the the leap. You know what else has Christian Bale been in that was really good? The Machinist. Oh, so much stuff. So much stuff. George, we come pull on. Up, uh, you, you, you wouldn't have Bale. an opinion here. Oh, uh, sure. Yeah, Prestige. Prestige. Was, oof. Yeah. That was a killer of a movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Was that... Who Who directed uh, The Prestige? Was it? Yeah. 
Man, that was a dark movie. He's got he's had that fascination with historical figures for a long mm-hmm. time. I'm glad he got to do Oppenheimer. You you should go see it. It's very good. Yeah, I plan to. I plan to. It's, I want to see it. I want to see that. And I want to see the Sound of Freedom. Um, but I guess my my thing is like, I don't. I, I want my superheroes to like to look and feel like superheroes. Yeah. Right. Like that's what we grew up with. You know, Superman even spider-man like all those guys spider-man was probably the first to break the mold in terms of actors when they got toby Maguire. to be honest but he did good those movies that was back when marvel was still in its kind of like coming out phase yeah. you know i like he the toby Maguire ones i like the what was the other guy andrew garfield yeah he was even good too yeah i think those those did well they actually did like a pretty good uh like i don't know what you would call it but it was they brought all three of the most recent spider-man actors together in one of the more recent movies and it actually wasn't they? terrible kind of yeah. like the multiverse thing yeah with real just, characters dr strange is good because they got a great actor to do that i thought that uh who, who's the guy that that played dr strange george benedict cumberbatch oh yeah he was good actually you know what movie he did that probably didn't get a lot of uh publicity back in the day was a biopic on uh alan yes alan turing yeah it was one of those movies kind of like oppenheimer where it like shows the ups and downs british mi6 he was a british mathematician who was closeted gay at the time and he helped solve the enigma machine uh encryption yeah yeah. just like a super genius the forefather of computing you know yeah yeah. and then the british government absolutely ruined his life afterward and like chemically castrated him because he was a homosexual oh dude like wow that movie if you get a chance it's on netflix it's yeah yeah it i've never seen it never movie. Seen it. yeah dude he's yeah. like one of those historical geniuses that just kind of like nikola tesla mm. just did not get good like justice in his life it's terrible that sucks yeah but the movie's good so it's worth watching yeah i'll check it out and speaking of superheroes let's go to super villains the modern super villain i know we didn't get to this last episode but uh we got the great fight coming up so we got to talk about what's that? x that? And, tw- and elon musk oh yeah the great rebranding the great fight actually this this fight keeps getting more publicity and i, I apparently can't, now it's like guaranteed it's- i can't tell fact from fiction it could all be a big play, you know? I don't know. What world are we living in where... Still waiting on my cyber truck. You still got a reservation for it? Yeah, I put in my $100 deposit. Oh, they're like starting three, to... Four they're going to start ago. producing them. I saw. I we saw just made that. the first one at the factory. Yeah. I mean... What do you think about this from your point of view? Because you operate a lot in the digital space. What do you think about him rebranding Twitter? I think it makes sense for what he's doing, right? Like, he wants it to be the platform that does x right like a variable that can do anything i like that like concept he wants it to be a long-form streaming platform he wants it to be a social media page he wants it to be a bank he wants it to be like a million different things so a lot of people think think he made a mistake i also think it it like it's clean i think it uh pays homage to his original business x remember x.com um which was interesting. He Blazer bought, you know, he boy. bought that domain back off of them like several years after he sold. Um, it's a yeah, good, it's a good website. I I like it. Um, I'm not a 
big Twitter slash X user by any means. Um, I wonder if the active user count on on X, I guess now is better than because like Threads really I think it's peaked, better than Threads, and then Threads kind of died off kind of quickly. I don't yeah. see people using it that much. Like I used it for the first couple days, and I was like, oh, another thing. Yeah. I'm not doing this. It was so I I really liked it the first little while because everybody was on it. It was hype, and you know, every time you refresh, there was a million new things to to look through, but the drop off of users was noticeable as somebody using the platform, you know, like I'll, I'll scroll down my thing now and it'll be like from something that somebody posted two days ago or three days ago. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. I think where Elon's going with that, I, people don't realize this, but if you go to like China or some kind, I don't know if it's just China, but there's a lot of these apps in Asia specifically china because that's what i know of where they have these everything apps that like <clears throat> you can do literally everything on you pay with them you it's like twitter and instagram mm -hmm. and all this stuff like weibo is one of them it's like the whole your whole life all rolled into one and i'm sure that's a product of the communist party in china but also i was gonna say you think that's scary because now everything you do is wrapped up in one platform and you're like it's, yeah, it's like all the every is. influencer that was dependent on instagram to make a living and that was their sole way of acquiring customers as soon as the instagram made a bunch of changes that were not favorable to creators legacy creators like you know, they, yeah. their income got slashed. Same with when YouTube mm -hmm. uh, restructured the way that they were doing payouts. I always worry, because like, I, I have to worry about this with my own business. You know, if I consolidate too much onto one thing, even though it's not fitness or internet related. Like really if you all. took too many contracts with one bank. In yeah, right. Like, you know, I, I, it's hard to avoid that as a growing company. And I know I can't necessarily avoid that. Luckily now my business is diverse enough where like, you know, if, one goes under like all right that's a huge hit but it's not the end of my business mm -hmm. but like you know imagine you consolidate too much into one service provider or a vendor or something and then now you have kind of like concentrated risk in this one thing but what do you do you know like let's say somebody sues you and then you have everything with chase bank well now chase bank has all of your information they have all your loans like you know, if you miss a credit card payment, what do they just start taking money directly from? You know, it's, it's probably not going to happen, but I think there is something to be said for diversity. So I don't know if that's a great idea for the American people, because if you concentrate too much of your financial life and your private life, like imagine you put like imagine it wasn't Elon Musk or maybe it is. Maybe we, it was you do meta. Right. So if you, you have your banking with them and like suddenly you post something that they disagree with or your the government disagrees with and then they go in the back door like we've seen evidence of the Twitter files right. and they're like, got to restrict this guy. You got to take him off the platform. That's a real risk. Yeah. You know, there's yeah. a lot of people. Yeah, you can't buy groceries, put gas in your car, can't do or anything. Free, you know, because you think made a questionable tweet. People think it's far what off. Are, what are they called tweets now on X? X's. X's? Really? I don't like that. Come on. That's not catchy. That's not catchy. Tweet was well, I catchy. Like I like tweet. We grew up with that. Blaze your glory. Oh, come on. That's such an obvious, oh, like... That's a little cheesy. Weed joke, though. You think? He's He makes those, like... He does these, like, oh, little... because he smoked weed on Joe Rogan? Like, he puts these he, Easter eggs in there for people? There. He does it all the time. Wow. Like, okay. Here's, an, here's a... So stupid, but go George pull something up for us. 
Open up the Tesla homepage. Yeah. What is it? Ah, they butchered it there, but go. Is it an acronym? No, hold on. Hold the on. Spell sex. All right, go look at their cars, vehicles. Look at their vehicle lineup. Model S E X Y. Oh, like the three is the. Yes, literally S three X Y. And that's confirmed. There's yeah, no, it can't be an accident. It's he not. No, no, no. He's, he's talked about it in and public. the order. Wow. Right. Well, he does a bunch of goofy stuff. Like you can make your car dance. And... Yeah. He, I've changed my mom's horn like a bunch of times. So like goats blurting and like fart noises <laughs> and can, stuff. Is that legal? <laughs> well, I have to use the bathroom. But when I come is back. Is there a law I'm, on like I have the a good sound horn. of your horn? I have a good horn. Yeah, there is. And I'll tell you exactly how I know that. <laughs> All right. So what, what, what's the horn story? Okay. So Chesco goes down in history for having the best and worst high school car simultaneously so he picked up uh a mustang back in the day mm -hmm. and uh it came modified in like a bunch of different ways and there's actually two stories to the shesco car that are pretty funny uh the first one is it came with a horn that was like supposed to sound like a laser but when you hit it uh like repeatedly it kind of sounded like a police siren. Like if you just boop, it like did like a I can't even do it, but it sounded like a police siren. Okay. And one time he used and he got pulled over and he got a ticket for it. <laughs> and they told him they had to take it out. So That's he had to great. take it out. And uh, yeah, they just they basically told him you can't alter the sound of of your horn from factory settings. So I don't know if like Elon got all those approved and because it's part of the factory thing, it's all good. Um but the other one was he wanted to get a new paint job on the car. And uh, Chesco's mom, she speaks English, but um, like Spanish is her first language. So he, he was trying to explain what type of paint he wanted because his mom took the car in for him because we we're in high school. And he was like, he, he, there was a, a, a language barrier in him trying to explain that he wanted like, you know how... Uh, like a sparkly paint job yeah. has um you know it's it's got those little like it's almost like little silver yeah, flakes like little in it flakes in it yeah. yeah so it catches the light and it looks sparkly so he was telling her like glittery i want it like you know this color but glittery and so she went in and told the person doing the car that he wanted glitter <laughs> oh, no. so he got the car back oh, no. and it had the paint had all this colorful glitter in it like literally oh, like God. pink and yellow and like all this stuff oh. it actually didn't look bad like i thought it looked okay but he was just like oh fuck. Dude, in high school you're yeah ripped apart <laughs> yeah no, i don't think he ever changed it until he sold it really yeah he just, just had, the, he had the glittery car for like oh my God. last couple years that's of high school great actually yeah it was pretty funny <laughs> he, always, wow. he was always having funny stuff happen to him but yeah, that's there, avoidable are there any other easter eggs i mean he, i feel like he does this stuff all the time just i feel like he's just <laughs> that's insane next time i'm buying coca-cola put cocaine back in it <laughs> yeah i i He's such a troll oh that was in 2022 people hate on this guy so much but have you ever seen a guy as rich as him having so much fun and all and being relatable right it's just so insane like people think he has to act like this super corporate <laughs> 
Like even when he went and smoked weed on Joe Rogan, can you imagine like Jamie Dimon going on Joe Rogan and smoking weed? Warren Buffett. <laughs> I mean, he would get eviscerated. This guy does it and like just laughs and then also was like, okay, actually that had some negative. The only reason he was kind of <laughs> yeah. upset is because his entire space launch company had to get drug tested. <laughs> he said like weekly or something. Yeah, well, for a long he time. He kind of got in trouble because they're federal contractors and right. And weed's not federally legal. No. And he also runs like the biggest <laughs> private space company on earth. That is hilarious. Like, and then he also said, next I'm buying McDonald's and fixing the ice cream machines. <laughs> Honestly, that's something I can get That's behind. so great. Have you ever had McDonald's ice cream? Yeah. It's great. It is great. Underrated. But it is like six out of ten times broken. The really? machine. Yeah. There's There were times when I was counting macros strictly where I had built an ice McDonald's ice cream cone, soft serve ice cream cone, into my day. And, and <laughs> your whole day revolved around getting the McDonald's. Well, it's just like cone. at some point I'm going to eat this. I fit it in. It, yeah. It's part of the plan, smart, right? Smart. And I went to several McDonald's and they were broken in all of the locations. And I was just like, dude, how? It's one of the staples of the business, you know? Maybe they just turned it into one of those things like, you know, like Chick-fil-A closing on a Sunday. They just built it I into the guess. business model. Well, that's because they're religious. They have a reason for it. Like, we well, just want to have shitty ice cream machines. Well, maybe that, maybe it was on purpose, you know? I wonder if McDonald's is locked into some, like, contract where performance of the machine is not a valid reason to end yeah. the contract. You would think that after all that bad publicity, I, I and I'm, maybe you guys can correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe the, maybe the maybe machines are fixed. fixed it. I would hope so. Yeah, you'd think, but you'd help, you know, I mean, I'm not like an avid McDonald's guy. They used to have a great breakfast sandwich there that I would get sometimes that was pretty reasonable calorie count. Uh, the Egg White Delight. Oh, they got killed, rid of that. Killed the Egg White Delight. Those are good. I'd get like two or three of them. Yeah, they were amazing. Yeah. And then they just, why? I just, you know, probably, you know, like, some no one's corporate trying to be healthy ESG here. score, you know, <laughs> like this was just, you know, it's one percentage point off from. It has the term white in it. Yeah. <laughs> it's. <laughs> What could you replace that with? Egg black delight. There's no the buns are rye. You think they could just turn the <laughs> dye the the? I've seen that in like Japan. They made like a black bun thing. I don't know what that is. Oh, there was some. Oh, when I when I went to Japan, everyone was telling me to try this thing they had there, mm. and it was chocolate covered French fries. And uh, I don't. Know. I went Did in and I asked it? about it, and they had just recently discontinued it. <sighs> Which is, I don't know why. I guess it didn't sell well. I don't know. I don't know. They do also. Look, it's our boy. Did you you watched the fight, right? I did. Yeah. All right, we're going in a new direction, everybody. Yeah. The how was it? Uh, honestly, I thought the entire card was pretty entertaining. I heard the commentary was terrible. That would be my one thing I would say about it. Not not great uh, commentators, um, and like. I hate it when I can feel bias in a commentator. Like you should be objectively saying what's going right and wrong for each fighter and you know, whatever. But it just really felt like, I don't know. They were slighting people they that were not supposed to win. And, you know, but overall, like the, the, the fights were great. The Amanda Serrano fight, uh, that was right before the Jake Paul fight. She fought this girl that she fought before Heather Hardy. Mm -hmm. And this chick's 41 years old. And in the last fight looked like she was going to get knocked out in round one. 
and then just hung in there, like took an absolute beating, had some really great moments, but just was always like kind of one step behind kind of she was losing the exchanges, but she was still performing well, you know, and against one of the best female boxers currently. And the second fight was the exact same, which, you know, sucks for that chick. Uh, but she did, I thought, awesome. Like, and, and put on a great entertaining fight, right? Like you want a fight where people are getting smoked and yeah. like, you know, those, those all oh moments. And when someone can just like zombie it, like Nate Diaz and just stay alive and get, if there's like 10 of those in a fight, then it's like a super entertaining fight. And I felt like that's what that was. And what, what do you think about people saying that Jake Paul's the new UFC retirement plan? I mean, I, yeah, I think he's proven that kind of like he, you know, you, vast majority of the of guys in the UFC, especially ones that are not specifically known for their striking. If you go and fight a guy who's only training boxing and has done so for like five years straight now, yeah, you're probably going to lose. Yeah, you know, but you'll get a sick payday. But you'll get a sick for payday for doing something that you would have gotten paid a fraction for before. Yeah, there's this guy called the MMA Guru, and I watch yeah. his stuff, and uh -huh. he's pretty funny. I like him. Uh, he was basically saying it's like if you don't like seeing this, then you need to whenever a UFC fighter is thinking about or plans to uh, fight Jake Paul, you need to like immediately turn on that fighter. You need to like kill their fan base so that this doesn't keep happening otherwise it will just keep happening I mean, right if you keep tuning payday, in man. you i mean it, when nate diaz walked out the entire arena was for nate diaz they wanted him to win so bad everybody was there for nate diaz to beat jake paul you know so it's the draw is there he's basically bringing mma fans to come watch a boxing match where they want jake paul to lose like He's he got booed the whole time everyone was booing him um yeah, he knows that but you at the end of the day it it was actually a lot more competitive than i thought it would be nate had some great moments uh he even took him in a guillotine for a little bit and she went for, for a, a single leg yeah takedown. He? yeah <laughs> <laughs> he probably had to really really dig deep to not like just ruin this guy's life <laughs> yeah <laughs> but you know it it, it was a uh, honestly an entertaining fight i thought i saw jake. a bunch of people posting like hey jake we see another we have another uh late 30s uh expert striker mma guy that you might want to consider fighting and this is a picture of alex Bejeda. he's <laughs> yeah. just like super stone cold <laughs> just looking at him and then i showed uh ninganu also it's like oh jesus yeah. those might not imagine that fight but i mean in in terms of um business in terms of entertainment value you know i thought overall the production was was really good you know like yeah. the event was good the venue was good the venue was sold out uh you know it, it was a collaboration it was espn and DAZN. you know big big companies mm -hmm. behind it uh, all, all the undercard on previous Jake Paul fights, I thought was kind of crappy. Like yeah. none of the fights were that entertaining, and I didn't really care about them. But it was cool to see one of Nate Diaz's guys go up against uh, Jeremy Stevens. That was a good fight. Um, you know, the whole thing was good, and it was interesting to see 
uh, Nate Diaz be kind of gracious in defeat for the first time. And I wonder if that's just because he was paid so well. I'd but be happy. <laughs> I, I saw the, yeah. the guaranteed numbers and I was actually surprised. They felt low for... Well, what did he make? So Jake Paul was guaranteed $1.5 million, which I felt like compared to previous paydays is not that much. Uh, and Nate Diaz was guaranteed 500000 which is... Plus pay-per-view? Plus pay-per-view points. So I don't know probably something what there. that's going to come out to. Um, but yeah, in contrast, Nate Diaz's last UFC fight, I think he got paid like... It was something around like three hundred twenty-five grand. So wow, you know, almost a couple hundred thousand dollars more. Do a less terrible version of the thing he's been doing his whole life. Yeah, that's what he said in the post-fight press conference. Nate was like, you know, usually, you know, I've been kicked a million times. I get cut in every single MMA fight I'm in. I can't walk for a week. You know, everything hurts. It sucks. It's like here, I've, I, you know, I just got out of a ten-round fight. I feel good. Yeah, you know, I feel good. You know, paid well, all that stuff. So, yeah. And the, I mean, notably in the fight, uh, Jake Paul got a knockdown. That was, you know, that was a good one and rocked him pretty good. He tried to get up and stumbled and, you know, hung in there like he does. In, in the first round, I thought it's it was going to be a short night. You know, I thought Jake might actually get the knockout, not by flatlining him, but by just getting a stoppage. Yeah. You know, having him on the ropes and he's taking too many punches in a row and the ref steps in because that happens a lot in boxing. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, you know what? If fight. anything, I hope it provokes uh, a trilogy fight with McGregor. Should be kind of cool to watch because they're. I don't really think that there's a lot of good matchups for him. I know he, McGregor's mm -hmm. been talking crazy shit on Instagram against Justin Gaethje and even said they signed a contract, which I doubt that happened. But if you, if you could well, see Diaz yeah. go back up against him, that'd be kind of a cool fight because they're kind of in the same stage of their career. The only thing is now, if you're Diaz, so Jake Paul at the end of the fight, he says, um, I'm down to do the next one in MMA. So the rematch would be in MMA with these two. And he, as long as the PFL pays Jake 10 million. So it will come down to one, whether or not that's realistic for them. They just wow. did a big deal with Francis Ngannou. So who knows? You know, not only did they, they guarantee, you know, Francis Ngannou is going to make a ton of money, but every one of Ngannou's opponents, opponents gets $2 million. Wow. So that's a lot, right? They're banking on, and hopefully they make that back through pay-per-view sales. But that just happened, and now he's asking for $10 million, and who knows what Nate Diaz is going to make. But if the money's good, I mean, that's a got to be an easy decision for Nate Diaz. Oh, yeah. He would just go nuts. He's been in there with some of the biggest MMA killers in the world, and you're going to go yeah, dude. this guy who boxed for five years and then wrestled in high school. Yeah. like. Yeah, I mean, if he if he could sit and trade with uh, Leon Edwards for an entire round or entire fight, man, and, and obviously his entire resume before that, well, yeah, he's a BJJ black belt. Yeah, you know, easy, he's, easy payday for him. That would be good. My thing is, I don't know if you see Nate go back to the the UFC because I think if he know, was offered that Connor fight, he would. 
Yeah. That's a big if. But I bet you it's going to come down to do they offer him more for the Connor fight than he gets offered from the PFL to fight Jake Paul? Because if yeah. your option is fight a guy in MMA who's never fought MMA before or and you're going to get paid more yeah, or fight a guy who's really great at striking, has decent takedown defense, who you've lost to before in MMA, I think that decision is yeah, pretty that's easy. that's a tough one. But I still want to see it. I still want to. I would, I would want to see all of it. Yeah, I think some of those those sort of legacy trilogy fights are probably the best bet for Connor. Gage, he's going to knock his head off. No, in my I would, opinion, I wouldn't want to watch that because you know, I, as much as Connor is a nut job, I still want to see him come back and fight and do something interesting. Yeah, I don't like seeing those larger than life characters fizzle out. Yeah, I, I like when you know Khabib did it right. He ended on a high note. Did his last fight. Walked. Walked. Has no intention of coming back. He's been offered so much money to come back. He's like, no, that's it. And he'll always go down with his legacy yeah. intact. Yeah. You know? I don't like seeing these guys either come out of retirement. It's got to or... be hard, though. Think about the the financial incentive for them. I mean, what's their post-UFC career you know for guys like mcgregor though it's he doesn't really need it he doesn't need it but he's i think he's as much as people want to call him a party animal and a coke addict and all this stuff I, mm -hmm. he probably still wants to fight yeah yeah i mean that's what he said when he was interviewed about it you know people asked him why do you still do it if you don't need it and his thing is that he's always looked at the greatest fighters in history and what defines them is their highlight reel and he said you know, I have an opportunity where I'm still still in my athletic prime to continue to build my highlight reel. Yeah, that's what I want. I want to be able to sit down with my kids one day and go back over all my fights and watch the knockouts and yeah. you know watch all the stuff that I did. And like that's the legacy that I care about. It's like I don't care about wins and losses on the score sheet. Everyone forgets about that shit. No one, no one cares. No one's like, oh, Mike Tyson lost his last fight or whatever. They go and they watch all the knockouts mm -hmm. every time he absolutely wrecked somebody like we've never seen before. So maybe I think that's pretty cool. Maybe they're really waiting for that UFC 300 announcement. That could be well, cool. But that's going to be in the new year. And now McGregor's rumored to be fighting in December. But who knows? Like, who knows? dude, it's all. I just want to see. Like, I'm a fan of UFC. I'm a fan of MMA and fighting. Like, I just want to watch. I just want to watch something incredible. Now we got a couple months where there's not like a big, big fight coming up. I think until October. Yeah. Would you buy the PFL pay-per-view to see Ngannou fight or would it have to be against someone particularly interesting? Uh, I think it depends on his opponent. Uh, it really depends, though. It really depends. Like, who's he, who's he going up against? You know, my, yeah. am I that interested in Ngannou that I would pay for it no matter who his opponent is? No. If he's fighting somebody that I'm interested in watching him fight, then yeah, for sure. You know, there's been a lot of incredible fights in the in the heavyweight category and light heavyweight category now that, you know, like if there was a competing fight that was better, I mean, might not tune into it. But if he's fighting somebody that I think would be a great opponent for him, mm -hmm. I even heard them floating a, a Derek Lewis match against him. This is just a total like fan rumor type thing, like no, not no details behind it, but that'd be kind of cool. Derek Lewis versus Ngannou? in pfl it's a fan thing like a fan you know fans uh, talking about uh, that on reddit or something like what, what would be a one yeah because he's see. a free agent now and now he could potentially go and fight Derek him. lewis is oh that's right yeah that was that's his right. last fight in his contract but 
you know, he's one of those guys that That's like right. just, I mean, out of nowhere, talk about a highlight reel. The guy was on a losing streak and then he's like, yeah, I actually took this seriously for once and just got the most insane knockout by flying knee since Masvidal did it. And it's like, whoa, this guy's still really dangerous. Yeah. Oh, he definitely is. I mean, his thing is basically he's either knocking someone out or getting knocked out. That's his whole shtick. Great. But you know what? Here, Tell me what you think about this, because I love giving credit where it's due. But I hate when people lean into it so far that they're now just lying positively. Like Derek Lewis was in the greatest shape we've seen him in. Ever, ever in the ufc right but then there's all these articles coming out being like Derek lewis shows off his six-pack i'm like he's still fat yeah and he, like you're in congratulations you clearly lost a lot of weight you look much better you made tons of progress just showing off a six pack. i can he just happened to weigh in lighter you're yeah you lost weight <laughs> yeah. just say what it is you look just say you look great you don't have to say he has a six-pack because i've seen those before he does not have one. <laughs> he did not have one on fight we night. We know what those look like, yeah. Everybody on fight night has one except for him. Like, like even the light heavyweights, you know, Jan's got a little bit poking through. Bahada's got a great six-pack. Some of the good heavyweights, I mean, you you watch Cyril Khan, you know, you watch Ngannou, like, they're in great shape. But Daryl Derek Lewis is not showing nothing off. No. I mean, you could even be a guy who's lean enough that if you had certain ab genetics, you would have a six pack, sure. but you're just not built that way. You see guys that just have four and they're shredded. Yeah. Right. They right. were like, you know, there, there's everybody's Nobody's looking to hit for a six pack either. Yeah. So it's just, we're just looking at and it. Yeah, nor do we really care. Right. No one's like, I want to tune into the Derek Lewis fight for his physique. For his, yeah. It's an interesting no. storyline that he decided everyone's been criticizing me about my cardio ability. So I'm going to make sure I work really hard and lose some weight and focus That's on cardio. Cool. That's cool, but just say what it is. Yeah, he's not some like athletic freak at this point. Like he's a dangerous man in the octagon mm -hmm. because he's just such a scary knockout artist. That doesn't mean that anything mattered except for the fact that he took his camp seriously and ate well and trained well and mm -hmm. like didn't eat like an asshole for once. And he came in there like and did something pretty cool. It's also uh, it, there's something about him where even though he's like a really scary human being. He comes across so wholesome like he's just such a simple guy like he fe he feels like the kind of guy who doesn't need much if he had like a billion dollars he'd still drive a pickup truck kind yeah, of guy that's cool. there's something endearing about that like do you remember uh, and he just he says things where if anyone else said them it'd probably be problematic like the one guy i think he caught a guy trying to break into his car or it was either his car or somebody else's whatever he saw the guy beat the crap out of the guy and then the, the cops came and arrested him or whatever and it came out that the guy was really small <laughs> that he beat up and they asked him about it and his response to the whole thing was basically like oh i knew he couldn't do anything to me i just thought here's an opportunity where i can kick somebody's <laughs> ass and not get in trouble i might as well <laughs> it's like it's like uh, that that's is that is something that's objectively not a good thing to say but because it's him yeah, you're just you're like, just like Okay, that's that makes pretty sense. funny. But like on the other end of it, some small guy who yeah. could be 
breaking into cars because he's down on his luck and he's trying to survive. And then you get Derek Lewis slamming him into the concrete. Right. If it was somebody else, like if it was like McGregor who did it, the oh, world would be up in arms. McGregor was getting blasted in in, uh, in the news and social media for slapping a phone out of a guy's hand because he didn't want his picture taken. Fair. <laughs> totally yeah. fair. If you say, hey, please put that away and someone's like in your face with it. Yeah, dude, they must get so pissed. I wouldn't want that shit. It's got to be tough to be in front of the camera all the time. Not when you want it. Yeah, but his whole life is. Yeah, anywhere he goes, people... So, are, like, 99% of the time, he's, like, <sighs> a gentleman about it. And the rest of it. Right. It's like, fuck this. Tired of it. And you also, you also have to realize, like, yeah, the guy's almost, like, a billionaire or whatever. But he's the same nut he's always been. Like, he's always been a loose cannon. He's always been this crazy yeah. character. Now he just has money if to you, make if it. If you like took him out of that extreme. sport, right? Mm -hmm. into And he was a cashier. He would have been and he was, homeless. He, he, he's, he can't operate in normal society. Like, no. this is a crazy guy. So you can't... If you're going to go up in his face without asking him and shove your camera yeah. and tell him to say something and he goes those people Get are lucky he has a here. security team to like keep most keep him away from most yeah. people too yeah oh yeah it's probably better that they protect them from him <laughs> yeah yeah because <laughs> yeah for sure i mean this guy's this guy's throwing trolleys through the windows of two of tour buses God and, bless him that was know? great that was a great villain arc for him that was he did great that was maybe a little bit too angry i think he talked about that in his documentary on netflix how like that was a bad version of himself and like he wasn't training well because of it and he was too angry all the time but that was the mcgregor we loved i know well he's he'll come back yeah, well, he's do you see? So he was really complimentary to Nate Diaz prior yeah. to this fight. Yeah. As soon as the fight was over, he just started ripping on him like crazy, <laughs> yeah, calling he's him a to, bomb. He's and trying to build up that fight. He wants that trilogy. He's, I know. And both of them, both Diaz and McGregor, have said convincingly that that fight, third fight, will for sure happen. I hope so. So they must be in communication with the UFC about that. And Nate's going to sign a one fight deal Fuck or something. Yeah. You know. Great. The only thing is, I want to see both. McGregor Diaz and uh, Diaz Paul in MMA. So I hope that those two things I mean, can exist in the same world. Looks like the man to do the job, honestly. Yeah. What else has he got to do? Yeah. I just, I just, as a human being, I hope that Nate Diaz is okay because he's making yeah. a lot of money. But there are times when I I see him speak. And he has moments of actual great clarity where he's articulate or he says something kind of clever that you wouldn't necessarily expect for him, from him. And then there's other times where he will say a sentence that is one word and none of it's discernible. Oh, and yeah. you're just like, ah, uh, is, yeah. is that CT, CT, is that the CT? talking? Yeah, or is he just really high? Because if he's just really high that's and he's true. having a he great time, high, like, then, all the time, then that's fine. Which know? is also more impressive to his performances. Like, He's yeah. always smoking marijuana. Yeah. Good for him. Yeah, maybe that's a well, maybe that's just a him thing for him. But yeah. I know that in BJJ, it's a big thing. Oh, Remember yeah. we talked about this on the podcast uh -huh. a while ago? I actually saw a Rogan clip that I meant to send to you, where he was talking about how frequent it is for high level uh, jujitsu players to smoke weed. And, I've heard of it. Catherine's told me about it a little bit. Like a lot of those guys get high and like, roll. Like high level guys yeah, yeah, whose yeah. names you'd know. Yeah. Like the, the, I don't get it. Yeah. I guess they just, I don't know. They find some like uh, 
clarity in it. The way the way Rogan talked about it was that it just quiets the rest of the world. Oh god! Like it quiets everything out, so you're very like invested in this one task. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm biased, I guess, because like I've seen a bunch of powerlifters come in smoking weed, and like I know for me to get into that mindset to put a huge amount of weight on my back or bench it or whatever I need like, extreme clarity yeah i need like yeah super i'm like the exact opposite I need every stimulant like keeping me focused and keeping me on point like i'm not doing that shit it also makes me lethargic so yeah the last thing i want to do is exercise for sure i would not even be in the gym no way no even you know a monotonous more monotonous sport like bodybuilding like you know i need, i need that intensity i need that like and but we like, like slows down time yeah you know? it's, it if makes me a, into a fucking if, bum yeah well if, you, well if you're doing a an activity that is objectively basically suffering like working out you're putting yourself through manual labor oh yeah it's like the last thing i want to do is make this feel like 10 hours oh, <laughs> when God. it's really only I mean, two listen, more power to him i can't fucking do it i couldn't imagine like training high at all it just sounds like no the worst thing ever no it, uh, in a, on another vein of this um it is interesting what jake paul has done with the whole boxing thing like he he basically sequesters himself in puerto rico and all he does is train and recover like when he's doing these camps yeah. he's in puerto rico he said the gym is is you just walk down the street from his house and that's the gym it's a five minute walk you know, you've got some of the best fighters in the world. He can bring in whoever he needs, and it's just... Well, he's in a really unique position. To like, have money before being in the sport. Yeah, right? Yeah. So he doesn't have to worry about, like, suffering through, like, the beginner stages and being broke. Yeah. It's not like he has to work another job or a coach or anything like that. Like, so hopefully he becomes good at it. I mean, that you would think with all that backing, he would. Yeah. It's funny when, you know, whenever fighters see anybody who's, like, kind of muscular, immediately they just say they're on PEDs. Notably, though, Jake Paul does look more muscular than he has in previous fights. Yeah, he's definitely um, looks like he's in great shape. Yeah. I, I don't know if that means he's on drugs, but he definitely he's got a good athletic build. I mean, he doesn't look like a bodybuilder on steroids or anything, but no. Yeah. But, you know, you look at a lot of those old, like, Bulgarian powerlifter or weightlifters, sorry. Yeah. And those guys were, you know, in peak physical condition, lifting some of the biggest weights in the world. And some of those guys look like they'd be your high school janitor. Yeah, but, you know, nowadays it's probably not as, like, promoted in the in the sport to, like, look like a bum. Like, you want to look like an athlete cause it's also good for your image. He probably sells more on yeah. YouTube. More people tune into him because he's got this great physique and... You know, I think I don't think it would make much sense. It wouldn't do well for his brand to look like a schlub, you know? Yeah. I also feel like in a sport like boxing, when I see guys that are very out of shape, I'm like, how do you prepare for a boxing match and maintain that level of body fat? You know, these you're running constantly. Yeah. You're in the gym. So I've seen what it takes for these guys. Yeah. To, no, it's not easy to do a camp. It's like, holy hell, I don't. I think that an issue I would have would be getting enough calories to maintain my body weight in a situation like that. Yeah. You know, pretty crazy. We'll see. We'll see. The uh, the other thing that was interesting is now there's this thing. I don't know who started it. I know it started in boxing, but uh, guys walking out with someone notable. Yeah. What is that? Like you just I, like uh, maybe the sports. Just Nate attract. Diaz had E40. 
walking out with yeah him. who else what else what was another boxing one recently javante davis came out with uh some rapper and he was just like doing it he was like singing a song while he like did the walkout which was like actually pretty sick because like instead of a walkout song you have the artist there with you it's it's good for the show boxing is just such a peacocking event it's, it's so ridiculous. unreal and ufc uh and mma as a whole didn't really have that until i feel like style bender remember he came out with a whole like break dancing oh, crew so and they ridiculous. did that dance now he comes out a lot more normal he's not putting on the the, the fucking the big outfits and oh yeah. this is a good one to end with actually a fight that I don't think it's been totally confirmed yet, but it looks like the UFC card in Australia this year is going to be another title defense. Uh, Izzy versus Sean Strickland. <laughs> imagine if Sean Strickland wins that fight. I, Just think about it for a second. Can you imagine him as the champ? Unbelievable. Just. I have a sneaky suspicion. Holy shit. I have a sneaky suspicion that they don't want Israel to even be in the like crosshairs of sean strickland them being on the next press conference together is already a big problem like he sean strickland went on joe rogan and talked about this video where izzy basically like fiddles around with his dog's wiener uh, uh, and like uh, somebody, like he's already saying some stuff i don't think they want their little golden boy and, and this is not a slight to izzy it, right no no the internet's and even i saw it. the video and i was like he's goofing around he just went like this to <laughs> to his dog's wiener it's like whatever not a big deal it's not like the way that sean strickland has painted it as he yeah, was like jerking off his dog i know right which is not probably what was going happen. on yeah you can see the video it's not what happened but he did touch his dog's wiener and then post the video it's an odd, it it's an odd choice you know not on but, video but it happens you know he doesn't want him bringing up the, the chinese champion <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He, like like all he's these things, he's unhinged it's great he's so great it is great but i think they think the long-term play is izzy and quote me on this i think the fight you're going to see instead is cannoneer versus izzy really that's that's my bet that's I my just bet. listen. I'm I'm not thinking about it as deep as you i'm a hopeful i want to see the craziness me too i want that so bad so bad to just because I want to see him beat Strickland or not. I don't know. I mean, that's a weird matchup, but you know, and then we got that looming double title fight coming up. I would love to see, I would love to see Strickland be champion. Could you imagine just the worst champion ever? <laughs> just the best and worst, just the most unhinged motherfucker ever. Unpolished. You know, but you know there's think about it, right? If he wins again, then he's there's nothing, there's nobody else for him to fight unless he moves up to light heavyweight to fight Behera again. Well, uh, and then we got an but Bahara said he wants to move down. He said well, our oh. fights have been at that weight class, so I think to to make it a, you know, like a real oh, fair but fight. Wouldn't you love to see a prime? Like he looked like a much fuller version of himself at two hundred five. Yeah. He looked great. It's big punches at any weight oh, class, yeah. but for Izzy to move Let's up. See it. Let's see it. Let's go. Yeah, I love it. All right, all right. I think that's it. Yeah, I got it. I got it thing I got a good deal. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening, guys. <laughs>